Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 3, Episode 16. We've got good things to talk about today. The Hawkeyes went into New Jersey and beat Rutgers 27-10. to And the Hawkeyes were looking pretty good overall in this game. A couple of defensive scores, some really exciting plays in this game. And I'm going to walk through some of those key plays, some of the things that happened, the not so good and the good in this game, walk through the stats a little bit and and talk about what the Hawkeyes did well, what they need to improve on going forward. They've got a real meat grinder coming up. It's Michigan. Big noon kickoff in Kinnick Stadium this coming Saturday. Then they go to Illinois on the road, then at the Horseshoe for their next game. So the Hawkeyes have a lot of work to do but they seem to be progressing each and every week. Well, let's talk a little bit about the game and some of the big plays. We really didn't know who was going to be playing quarterback for Rutgers. It was kind of a, a secret throughout the week, but Evan Simon got the nod at quarterback, and he stayed in there the whole game. I don't know how because he took hit after hit after hit, many times you know, releasing the ball and getting the ball off, but then just getting crushed. By those defensive linemen and, and blitzers. And it was good for to see Noah Shannon starting on the defensive line, the big six foot, two hundred and ninety pounder. He got dinged up last week, and it was kind of a question mark whether he would play in this one, but he did. As did Justin Jacobs. He had been injured in the first game of the year. He was out against Iowa State and Nevada. He was back in there playing linebacker. It was just so good to see. He's a he just looks like a football player out there. He's a big guy, tall, and ah, he got dinged up again. It was just so frustrating. He came back out of the locker room later in the game in street clothes, and Kirk Ferentz, after the game, even said that that injury does not look good. So the defense has taken some hits with the injury bug now, and you know it looked like a really great thing to get Jacobs some snaps against Rutgers and be ready to roll full speed against Michigan next week. But it sounds like he's going to be out, and maybe for an extended period of time. We don't know, but it sounds like that could be the case. Well, Rutgers really moved the ball on their first drive of the game. The Hawkeyes deferred, Rutgers received, and they went all the way down to the 11-yard line. They were in the red zone, but the Hawkeyes held Rutgers to a field goal. Not, you know, a great... Great first drive for that defense. They gave up quite a bit of yardage, but it was kind of your bend, not break drive. The Hawkeyes held up in the red zone and held Rutgers to three instead of seven on that drive. And, and Riley Moss had a nice play on third down in the end zone to bat down a pass. He almost even made a nice one-handed interception. But the other thing on this drive, I realized that Terry Roberts wasn't out there. Cooper DeGene was playing cornerback. Sebastian Castro was coming in to play the cash position uh, when they were going with that lineup. And I really like Castro. He's an experienced guy. He's good on special teams. He's had some looks on the defense in the past, but just really disappointing to see Terry Roberts out with an injury. He has been bitten with the injury bug the last couple of years. Hopefully, he did go through the walkthrough. Sounded like warming up prior to the game, so hopefully it's nothing too serious. And we'll see him out there next week against Michigan. Caleb Johnson returned the Hawkeyes' first kick, and last week we saw him back there returning kicks against Nevada. I think he only, only was able to take one out in that game, but I really like him in that role. 
He's such a smooth runner, big, powerful kid. And on that kickoff, he fielded it at the goal line, took it all the way out to the 42-yard line. So great field position for the Hawkeyes to start their first offensive series. And then a pass for a first down to Sam Laporta. But then the Hawkeyes just started getting in their own way. A penalty, a run for no gain. And then on a third and 15, just a dump down to Gavin Williams. So that was the Hawkeyes' first offensive series. Great field position. Um, you know, and then a punt. Uh, so not a great start. And you know, especially you saw what Rutgers' offense did on its first possession. So uh, a little disappointing there, but that was just the first try at it. And Torrey Taylor did his job with a nice punt and a fair catch by Rutgers at the three-yard line. Hawkeye's getting really good field position now on defense. And maybe the highlight of the day came after Rutgers was able to move the ball a little bit away from its end zone. And then Cooper to Gene with the pick six. And I really think that Coop could play wide receiver with his ball skills and probably be all Big Ten in a couple of years. He is that talented. But there was a play he was at, at the left corner. His guy cleared out, and then he went back to help on the deep route. Just made a really nice over-the-shoulder interception. Then his offensive skills from his high school days showed up as he weaved through the Rutgers players, took it into the end zone. Some really nice blocking by his teammates as well. I was hoping that Terry Roberts would get one this week after the close calls each of the last two weeks on near TD interceptions, but I'll take it. Cooper DeGene now with three interceptions in four games. He is a really talented kid in that defensive backfield. Well, after Rutgers stopped, Torrey Taylor was back in to punt for a second time in two possessions, and it looked like Rutgers got a hand on that one. That's why I wanted to bring that up. I mean, it was a scary play. You know, it really looked like they were just going to go in there and block that, but Torrey got it away. It just didn't leave his foot like you normally see it take off like a rocket. Several guys were in there getting penetration, and it appeared that somebody got a hand on the ball, maybe a fingertip. The ball made it out to the 37-yard line of Rutgers. I think it ended up as a 41-yard punt, but it just, you know, like I said, it did not look like a normal Torrey Taylor punt. He either really rushed it and, and, and had to do something different to keep it from being blocked, but I think somebody did get a, a fingertip on that one. So the Hawkeyes' first three possessions ended in Torrey Taylor punts, but field position was flipping a bit, and Taylor pinned Rutgers back at the nine-yard line. And then came the other highlight real play. You see Jack Campbell chasing a wide receiver who, who caught a pass. You're thinking, oh, no, this is going to be a big one. Um, why is he on this little guy, this little quick guy? And it's going to be a first down and then some for Rutgers. And then, boom, Sebastian Castro lays the wood. Campbell hit him as well. The ball hits the ground, and it's a scoop and score for Kayvon Merriweather. And that's the Iowa defense, 14, Rutgers 3. Really interesting to watch Rutgers offense. You know, they had a, a few plays that looked really nice, some really good schemes, getting athletic guys into space, getting some chunk yardage. But the turnovers on this day were just really killing them. Well, the only offensive points that came in the first half for the Hawkeyes were on a drive that started at the six-yard line after the great 
Australian punter for Rutgers, Adam Corsack, pinned the Hawkeyes deep in their own territory. Well, the Hawkeyes started digging out of that hole by feeding Caleb Johnson the ball. And boy, did he look smooth out there. He's fast, he's strong, he's physical. He's the total package, and I think he's a real difference maker, the true freshman for the Hawkeyes. They fed him the ball, and he got it out to the 30-yard line. And then Petrus threw a beautiful pass to the tight end. Sam Laporta was a 42-yard gain down to the 13-yard line. He also had a nice pass to Luke Lachey, the other tight end, a 17-yarder on that drive. And it looked like the Hawkeyes were going to get seven. Really good pass by Petrus to Sam Laporta on second down. And I've seen some people upset that he didn't hit Arlen Bruce on that play. Arlen was wide open on a more shallow route. I think he would have at least gotten the first down near the goal line. Probably would have just zipped in for the touchdown if he would have hit Bruce on that one. And and I can see that he was open, uh, more open than Laporta was. But really, it was a good pass by Petrus. He put the ball where only Laporta could haul it in at 6'4 with a smaller guy on him. But he just could not corral it. He got hit pretty good uh, as well as he was trying to take that one in. But the Hawkeyes had to settle for a field goal to make it 17-3 going into the half. The Hawkeyes got a TD on the first possession of the second half. It was a really nice drive, moving the ball on the ground. Spencer with some darts, hitting receivers in, in stride. Highlighted by the 20-yard pass to Luke Lachey. Really good to see him get going again, that tight end position. And then a pass interference on third and long where the defender basically shoved Laporta in the end zone, and LaShawn Williams ran it in for a two-yard score. On the next drive for Rutgers, first drive of the second half for them, they had some things going. They completed some passes, got a, a first down on fourth and two, but Kayvon Merriweather with an interception, and a nice return into Rutgers territory. And, you know, Really good to, to turn that ball over and give the offense the ball again and, and hopefully get some confidence by moving the ball, putting it into the end zone. And Rutgers was down 24-3 to on its own 39-yard line with a couple minutes left in the third quarter, and they went for it on fourth and three. And I really respect it. You know, most coaches just punt, try to keep their opponent out of the end zone, keep their opponent from running up the score. I just don't see this very often and watch quite a bit of football where at that stage in the game on your own 39-yard line, the coach is going to go for it, and, and they converted. But that drive ended up stalling after they went for it again on fourth down inside the red zone. Rutgers, though, was really moving the ball towards the end of the game, and they did get a TD. It was on a play where the, the clock had expired, the play clock. And by probably two seconds, I have no idea how the refs can miss the clock expiring. And it was a TD pass just outside the outstretched arm of Moss. He and the receiver were exchanging some nudges, and Moss just couldn't quite turn to pick it off or, or knock it down. So it's 24-10, to 10 and the offense was getting some work in. I really liked the call on third and one in Rutgers territory. It was that pitch to Caleb Johnson, but the defender... Had it sniffed out, dropped Johnson for a three-yard loss, and I get it. Some people didn't like that call. They were, they were mad. You know, the Hawkeyes only needed one yard. I just don't think they're really comfortable right now running the quarterback sneak with Logan Jones at center. 
Um, and I'm, to be frank, I'm shocked that that play didn't completely fool Rutgers based on the Hawkeyes' tendencies of running between the tackles in that situation. And, I mean, I, I was surprised that Caleb didn't just grab it and have nobody out there and run for 15 or more yards on that play. But he was dropped for a loss, and Drew Stevens stepped up to kick a 51-yard field goal. Hits the uprights, but it did go through, and the Hawkeyes led 27-10. to 10. Now, the biggest question mark really in this game was why not more passes to the wide receivers? The quarterback needs to get the ball to his playmakers, and Petrus just really didn't throw to them in this game. I think there were some opportunities. The tight ends were also open, and and he hit the tight ends quite frequently in this game, and the running backs. But I want to see Arlen Bruce, Brody Breck, Nico Regani getting more touches, and and seeing this offense be more explosive. Yeah, I did hear that that Bruce was dinged up. They weren't even sure if he was going to go in this game. I noticed Cooper DeGene was was the punt returner in this game instead of Bruce. And I thought that was strange because Bruce had been doing a good job this year. So maybe they just, you know, weren't giving him as many looks because of that. No jet sweeps, etc. But Spencer really threw some nice passes in this game to the running backs, to the, to the tight ends, but really want to see getting more looks to those speedy wide receivers. The Hawkeyes had 15 first downs in this game. Probably the ugliest stat was one of nine on third down conversions. Just a really low percentage converting on third down. They need to continue to work on that. And there were some frustrating plays that they should have converted. There were a couple of drop passes. There was a penalty that overturned a first down. Pushed the Hawkeyes back further to make it tougher to convert. Rutgers with 20 first downs, 5 of 16 conversion rate on third down. They also went for it four times on fourth down, converting two of those into first downs. The game got a little strange towards the end in the fourth quarter. There were some big pass plays for Rutgers where the quarterback scrambled, found some guys open downfield, and Rutgers ended up with more yardage than the Hawkeyes, 361 to 277 total yards for Iowa. The Hawkeyes did have more balance, 148 passing yards to 129 rushing, while Rutgers had 300 passing yards, converting on 29 of 50 attempts, and just 61 rushing yards, a 2.5 per rush average. Spencer Petrus completed 11 of 17 passes, 65%. Nice job there. And Iowa's three-headed monster rushed for an average of 3.4 per carry. Turnovers. Rutgers had had three, and Iowa had zero, and that was the game. Time of possession in this one was pretty even, just a minute longer on offense for Rutgers. So the offense was able to sustain some drives and let the defense rest a little bit in this one. I mentioned Petrus did a nice job with 65% completion rate. There were a couple of drops. There was a fall down. Uh, Nico Regani. Looked like he was going to get a first down, and, and he just tripped and fell. Um, one ball that, that he just chucked it, that Petrus just chucked at Brody Breck's feet. He was just getting chased down as soon as the ball was snapped on a rollout. Would have been nice to see what Brody could do with the ball if Spencer had time to roll out there and get it to him. 
Caleb Johnson with the most carries out of the backfield on this one. He had 15 for 58 yards, long run of nine. LaShawn Williams, good to see him back out there after his father's passing and missing the game last week. He had 11 carries, 64 yards, one nice 21-yard gain. And Gavin Williams was having a little tougher time out there in this one. He had some negative rushes, still maybe shaking off some rust after the injury, or maybe maybe just in situations where the line didn't get the same push um, when he was in there. But he had seven carries, 17 yards, one rush for 14 yards. So not doing a whole lot in the other carries after that one big gainer for 14. But really, the offensive line seemed better here. It seemed like the play calling was better. They're starting to get some push, and I think these guys are starting to gel a little bit. The center snap is still looking looking kind of strange out there, like everybody's not in sync all the time. I think Tyler Ellsbury coming in, he's doing a good job. So it's just kind of coming together. I don't know if it's if it's soon enough, but hopefully the Hawkeyes are going to be able to do some things against Michigan, and that offensive line will continue to grow. Sam Laporta, four catches, 77 yards, nice 42-yard deep ball from Spencer. Lachey, good to see him getting some nice looks. Two catches, one for 20, one for 17 yards. Sean McGavin each had a couple catches out of the backfield, but just one catch by a wide receiver. Arlen Bruce, basically a wide receiver screenplay for five yards. And Nico, I mentioned he had the one. He stumbled, but he didn't get that one. So I just really want to see Spencer Petras and, and the play calling, whatever's keeping those players from getting the ball. I want to see the Hawkeyes start getting the ball to the playmakers more as this offense continues to grow and evolve. On defense, it was Cooper DeGene with pick six, the nice over-the-shoulder catch. He looked like a wide receiver out there, great ball skills and quickness. And the moves he made after the catch were really fun to watch. Tavon scored on the fumble recovery. Great to see him having a really good senior season at safety. He also had that interception with a nice return into Rutgers territory and the bat down on the Hail Mary near the end of the game. I don't know if he was trying to pick it off and he dropped it or or if he meant to drop it. It looked like maybe he wanted to get it and run. Uh, and he could have there. Really the safe play is just to bat it down and good field position for the Hawkeyes to run out the clock. Seth Benson and Jack Campbell were the leading tacklers with nine and eight, respectively. Really bad news, again, that, that Justin Jacobs is injured. When will he be back? Likely not for Michigan. They could really use him as much as Michigan likes to pound the rock and run the ball. Really love that linebacker crew with those three. But Jay, Hig Jay Higgins, Tyler Fisher, Logan Klemp, going to have to step up again. Higgins did have five tackles in this game. Lucas Van Ness with a sack. Logan Lee had one taken away for a roughing the passer that was called, and I thought that was a bad call. Not much else he could do there. He didn't lead with his helmet. He was just coming straight at the quarterback, and they said he, they drove him into the ground, but I guess he would have had to hit him and then try to roll to the left or right to not land on him. Kind of a hard thing for the defensive player to do in that situation, but I guess they're going to have to teach that. Aaron Graves got some more, more playing time in that fourth quarter, had a nice sack and a half, and he's really looking the part out there. He's just a big guy and really quick for his size. Jay Higgins had the other half sack, so a big 
Hawk, 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 to his dad, who's who's so good on Twitter and such a great Hawkeye fan. And need to give Joe Evans credit for flattening that player. What was it, number 21 or 23 or something, who took the snap and the one wildcat look that the Rutgers gave the Hawkeyes. Joe absolutely blew it up and just took him out, smothered him for a loss, and and just absolutely destroyed that play. Really fun to watch. Well, Caleb Johnson had two nice returns on, on the kickoff team for 77 yards with a long of 42. Really like him in that role. Torrey Taylor punted five times, so making some progress there. Don't need him punting nine or ten times a game. He had four placed inside the 20, and Drew Stevens was perfect on the day. Two of two on field goals and converted all three extra points. So it's 27 to 10. The Hawkeyes win. They hit the over. They covered the spread that was typically around seven or just over seven. And there are some things they can build upon with this effort. Uh, Things are, as I mentioned, they're going to get harder from here on out. And Iowa is still ranked number 131 out of 131 teams in total offense. After Saturday, 232 yards per game. New Mexico State is second to last at 236, then Colorado State at 241. And next up is Michigan. They are number eight in total defense. Now, going into this game, Rutgers was number 10. So, you know, and that's despite Michigan giving up some yardage to Maryland on Saturday. They're still ranked number eight. And the Hawkeyes are ranked sixth. The Golden Gophers are first in the nation after only allowing 240 yards this weekend to Michigan State while piling up over 500 yards of offense. And also ahead of the Hawkeyes in that total defense ranking is Illinois at number five. Well, next up is the Wolverines, and they've had nothing but cupcakes on the schedule prior to the start of the Big Ten season this week. They had Colorado State, again, one of the worst offenses in the nation with new head coach Jay Norvell, former Hawkeye in year one there. Hawaii, who is winless on the season. And UConn, who does have one win on the season, and it's over a team that I've never heard of. No disrespect, but has anybody heard of Central Connecticut State? That who, That is the team that UConn has beaten this year. So I don't think we know how good Michigan is. They've been just piling up huge numbers. They're not giving up any points. They have a high-flying offense against these really bad teams. And you know, they did they did well on offense against Maryland as well, but Maryland is ranked 98th out of 131 teams in total defense, giving up over 400 yards per game. Maryland has a good offense. They're ranked 31st in the nation, and they were able to move the ball against Michigan. And in a 34-27 to 27 win over Maryland, uh, the Terrapins put up 397 yards, a little shy of their average. Michigan put up 460 yards of offense, about 50 yards more than Maryland is giving up on the defensive side uh, on the total season. Quarterback Tungavaloya for Maryland, he passed for 260 yards and... Maryland had 128 yards rushing on 34 attempts for a 3.8 yards per carry average. And Michigan's quarterback, McCarthy, he was pretty efficient on Saturday against Maryland. Two TDs, 18 of 26, 220 yards. But 
my goodness, this running back for Michigan, Blake Corum. He had 243 yards rushing on 30 carries, and he may need a few days of ice baths. And he has the Iowa defense to look forward to this week. He's just 5'8", but a pretty solid 210 on that 5'8 frame. He was running the ball, um, and that was it. They don't have a three-headed monster like the Hawkeyes. They have one guy. They had a few other guys that had one carry in that game, and he had 30. As far as receiving, look for the big tight end, Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, Ronnie Bell, the talented wide receiver from Kansas City. Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson. They have some wide receivers at Michigan. McCarthy will target them a lot against Iowa. So look for the Doughboys to get a couple of picks in this game with the unrelenting pressure that Iowa's defensive line is going to be putting on McCarthy. And Michigan nabbed a couple of interceptions against Maryland, also had a fumble recovery, and turned it over one time themselves on a fumble. Special teams for Michigan look really solid. Uh, That's going to be a major test for the Hawkeyes. On Saturday, big noon Fox game, and the Hawkeyes could use a W there before they hit the road to face Illinois. Really interesting looking at Maryland in that game. They had a 14-play drive. They had a 13-play drive for a touchdown, a couple of 10-play drives. So they were really moving the ball on Michigan. So we're going to find out a lot, I think, about the Hawkeyes next week. How is Iowa progressing? How is that defense holding up against a really good offense? How how much has that offense improved? Can they sustain some drives? Can they put some points on the board? And I think we're going to find a lot about Michigan as well. You know, Jim Harbaugh can't be too excited about going to Kinnick again, although at least this is an 11 a.m. game instead of a night game. Those upsets are so common at Kinnick Stadium. Well, a couple weeks ago, I would have thought Michigan is going to roll in this game and just crush the Hawkeyes the way that Iowa's offense was looking. And I did take Iowa with the upset in my preseason preview. But with the offensive issues, I'm going to switch this to a loss. I won't be too surprised at this point if the Hawkeyes are able to upset Michigan. I think they're a bit overrated right now. Uh, They may keep improving and get really good before the season's over, but they just haven't played great competition to this point. Not that the Hawkeyes have, but the Hawkeyes have had a better slate of competitors than the Wolverines. And I'm going to pick Michigan in this matchup 24-20. to I think the offense... Is going to be able to make some plays against the Wolverines. I think the defense is going to get some turnovers and keep the game close. So let's hope for the upset. I can't wait to be cheering on those Hawkeyes on Saturday. It's going to be a great crowd at Kinnick Stadium. Big noon kickoff on Fox. Let's get that W. Go Hawks!